Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It's 133 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you. Royal Pizza. Pizza, pasta, and so much more. It's the best pizza in the city of Edmonton. It's Edmonton-owned and operated for 50-plus years. For a menu and a list of their 14 Edmonton and area locations, go on low, uh, online to royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. The Stoffer recommendation at Royal Pizza is the Mediterranean chicken. Brendan Escott's recommendation is the Texan. We'll have this day in Oilers history coming up. It was significant. Somebody called a shot on that one. I won't say who, but you might be listening to him. Because uh, it involved a pretty substantial acquisition in the summer of 2005. Let's get to it. Our next guest, uh, we originally booked a week ago, uh, and there's lots going on in the major junior front involving the Edmonton Oil Kings, who will be a uh, strong favorite after going 22-1 this past season in the what amounted to the Alberta division. Uh, we now have a Eastern Conference schedule. Things get back to normal in the Western Hockey League. We welcome back to the show their general manager, Kurt Hill. Hi, Kurt. How are you doing? Doing great, Bob. How are you doing? Good. Uh, well, let's uh, let's start with it. Is it getting back to normal for everybody that's involved in junior hockey? Well, it sure feels that way. So it feels like we're planning for a, a normal season upcoming here. I mean, camps start uh, pretty much five weeks today, September 1st. And, uh, you know, I know the players are anxious to get back. And, uh, you know, for an organization, too, we're, we're excited to have them back. And, geez, I haven't even got to meet some of our draft picks from two years ago and their families yet in person. So even getting them here into the building and, uh, you know, meeting some of them in person, too, is uh, going to be pretty exciting as well. You guys had a real good year. Jake Neighbors was a first-round pick uh, from uh, 2020 of the St. Louis Blues. He went 26 that year, played on Canadian World Junior Team. Um, he had five players get selected in this year's draft, including two players on the top 15. Obviously, uh, the NHL draft was a pretty exciting uh, couple days for the Edmonton Oil Kings organization, Kurt. Yeah, really special. I mean, you know, it's uh, something that uh, you kind of look back on and, you know, as an organization, you feel you're doing the right things to develop the players. And, you know, and a kudos to the players as well. Obviously, the work they're putting in and on and off the ice is exceptional for them. And um, obviously, they got noticed by NHL teams, but uh, we had a we had a real fun night at the rink on, on the Friday night and seeing Gunther and Kosa picked in the first round and getting to experience that with them and their families was pretty special. And then, yeah, to see the, the three guys go the next day and now Vladimir and, and Leipzig, obviously guys that have been here. But, uh, you know, even for the European player, Demick, that's coming over. It, uh, you know, seeing him go in the first, fourth round to, to Vegas affirms that, uh, you know, we got a pretty solid player coming over uh, in uh, Jakob Demick as well. All right. Well, let's start by talking about Dylan Gunther, who went ninth overall. Uh, I'm surprised he dropped tonight. That's interesting. Craig Button had him pegged at number nine. How much uh, do you think 
the fact that maybe it's overshadowed a little bit at the U18s where Canada completely dominated uh, and dominated with uh, players ahead of their age group. Uh, you know, Connor Bedard, uh, Regina Pat, kid from the West Coast, and Shane Wright uh, from Kingston uh, were two pretty electrifying players in that tournament. Gunther ended up with uh, a point per game. Uh, and and was a little bit snake bit after averaging two points per game in the WHL. Were you surprised that he dropped the ninth? I think I, I got to tell you, I think Arizona's got a steal there. Yeah, I know. We're, we're, we're very surprised. Um, you know, but with the draft, as you know, we've been a part. I've been a part of doing it with our team here. It's uh, you know, certain players are picked in front and organizational need, and some players always seem to slip in some way, shape, or form. But yeah, I think if anything, uh, part of the reason potentially could have been guys overthinking his tournament over there and maybe expecting him to score a little bit more over there. But um, as I've mentioned on the show before, I thought he truly showed he can play, can play a complete game over there with his you know, being responsible defensively, still playing on the first line, killing penalties, um, you know, and he still was over a point a game. You know, he didn't have the offensive outburst that maybe we all expected there, but still to be over a point a game and, and be a very reliable leader on your team, uh, you know, speaks a lot to, to what he did do in that tournament. But, yeah, scouts potentially overthinking that a little bit of that one. Sebastian Cosa, conversely, was a guy who just kept on moving up, and I, and I think it's safe to say that had he been there at 20, the Oilers weren't, wouldn't have traded back. He probably would have been their pick. Uh, but Detroit did step up. Um, they used extra assets to take him at 15th. Uh, and this is a guy you're probably, realistically, only going to have him for one more year. And you're probably going to lose him for the World Juniors. Is that fair? Yeah. No, I would say that's definitely fair. All right. Uh, your thoughts on uh, Kosa's rise into the middle of the first round? Yeah, I think it's – I mean, he's – showed it all year the consistency is the biggest thing for him and you know ever since every game he's played in this league you know his consistency has been outstanding he's had a, he's had the odd game where he had a bit of a tough one but that's only a handful since he's been in this league so um you know for the amount of games we played him this year and how good he was night after night um you know i, I think that's primarily the reason he he really started to rise i think the size is obviously intriguing for teams and you know, for how big he is, he's not. Uh, he, he controls his rebounds. He's very poised out there, and very athletic for for how big he is as well. So, um, yeah, I think it's, what he did this season really pushed him up the uh, the draft rankings. And you know, Detroit did a lot of work on him. I thought there was a chance he was going to go with six potentially. And you know, I think they took a bit of a shot that he would be there a little bit later on, and then made the move when they had to to get him. Carson Latimer was a fourth round draft choice. He's a BC kid. Uh, he played both. Did he play mostly center or right wing for you this past year, Kurt? He primarily played on the wing. Um, a little bit of center, though, as well. Where do you envision him playing this upcoming season? Um, I, I would think probably he'll start in the middle. Uh, that's kind of unde- undecided. Yeah, I mean, we, uh, we'll kind of see how things shake out in camp. But I think in the middle, that's the thing with him and a lot of the players we have right now, which, uh, you, you know, how we've developed them is that they can, they can play center and the wing. You know, like a lot of these guys we've drafted are centermen in minor hockey, and we feel, you know, if they're not going to play center here, they can move over to the wing, which it gives you that flexibility as an organization. So he's one of those guys that, you know, might spend time in the middle and in the wing throughout the season. We're joined by Edmonton Oil Kings GM Kurt Hill. Bob Stoffer with you in Oilers now. So Latimer, fourth-round draft choice of uh, the Ottawa Senators. I know that I had a uh, brief uh, exchange uh, with Pierre Dorian. They're pretty excited about, about him. The, the, the European ended up getting the European draft, Demick. Uh, Vegas fourth round pick. Is he a winger? He's pr- 
he plays primarily center. I would expect him to play the middle for us this year. Okay. Uh, and and then uh, uh, Leipen as well was another guy that ended up getting drafted late, and he just had a wonderful campaign uh, uh, for you last season. 16 goals, 29 points in 23 games, plus 15. The Oil Kings kind of emerged, and the Chicago Blackhawks took a swig on him in the seventh round. Uh, your thoughts on uh, a guy that maybe came from nowhere to get himself drafted this past season? Yeah, he's kind of he's kind of one of those underdog stories, like, and he's really you know even when he came was drafted here. I mean, I wasn't a part of the the group that had drafted him at the time. It was the year after he came in here as a 16 year old, and he just had a phenomenal training camp. And even though he's a late late round pick in the Bantam draft, it's you know he came in here and uh, you know put his money where his mouth was and, and made the club. And uh, it just seemed to get better and better. And you know at 17, he didn't play a lot of 16, but he he got his fair shake of games. And then at 17, became an everyday player and and found a role on our penalty kill and then you know last year at 18 he you know the the pandemic didn't slow him down it made him better and you know he came back stronger his skating had improved his shot it got better and you know he really was reliable and played really hard shift in shift out every night for us and even when we got really banged up at the end of the pandemic season he uh you know, he was the, the kind of the motor for our group when we didn't have their neighbors going. And, you know, I think that led to him getting drafted at the end of the day. All right. Uh, you're in a situation where you've got two number ones this year. The Bantam draft is in uh, December. How does that – obviously, you can probably move one of those number ones. You got a fair amount of depth at forward, especially if Jake Neighbors – by the way, have you heard from St. Louis at this stage? Is it too early to prognosticate whether or not a guy like Neighbors or who knows, maybe even a guy like Gunther might stick with their NHL teams? Uh, I've had some preliminary conversations, but I think it's going to play itself out in training camp for those guys. I mean, most of the teams, a lot of the teams are playing, you know, anywhere from five to eight exhibition games this year. So those guys are going to get a fair look in that. And then I guess probably the decision will be whether they keep them around to play some regular season games or not, or if it's uh, if they're going to come back. So uh, obviously uh, they won't be going to the American League uh, with uh, the rules primarily staying the, cha- the same for guys that didn't play there last year. Yeah. Uh, but... Um, you know, so if they're not going to be in the NHL, they'll be back. All right, so you're, you're probably pretty deep at forward. You've lost a couple defensemen. Matthew Robertson uh, will be playing for Chris Knobloch this year with Hartford in the American Hockey League. Uh, Ethan Cap finished up his 20-year-old year as well. You got Kubasek. He's going to be a double counter uh, European defenseman that played in the Czech uh, League last year. Uh, he's going to go to Edmonton Oil Kings camp. And uh, Dohaniak had a very good year for you, Logan Dohaniak as well. This past season, he ended up uh, with a total of. 19 points in 23 games and went plus 11. So those are going to be your top two D. Would there be an appetite to potentially look at moving one of those two uh, first round picks potentially for another defenseman? Yeah, I think it's something that, uh, again, we'll have to see how, how things play out as the season progresses. But, uh, you know, I definitely wanted to see how our guys come back to camp and what kind of summers they had. Um, you know, give them a fair opportunity to be assessed uh, throughout the start of the season. And then, you know, uh, as an organization, if uh, we feel like, um, well, we do feel like we're going to be in a spot to, to want to go for it. Um, you potentially feel like where you need to add pieces to really round out your roster. So, um yeah, we'll kind of evaluate how guys come back to camp first. But, uh, yeah, if you're asking me today, another D would uh, be something we'd probably be interested in. Kurt, are we at a different time for players in major junior hockey right now? Do they, do they challenge uh, organizations a bit, a bit, you know, in, in terms – or has that always been part of the process that guys would have their agents at some stage 
request trades. I mean, obviously, when you have a good team, nobody wants to leave a good team. But not every situation is like that. There have been some rumblings with a couple players out there that potentially might be looking for uh, new addresses. Does, you know, and, and I mean, the other situation is sometimes you have players quit that decide that, you know what, at 19, they don't want to, you know, as an 18, 19-year-old, they don't want to continue playing. How much of a challenge is that today as opposed to maybe when you played in the league? Um, because, you know, when I grew up, every kid wanted to play in the dub uh, that was any good or they wanted an NCAA scholarship, and most guys tried to play as long as they can, and rarely did they force the issues with the respective organizations. Yeah, you know, it just seems like some players, uh, you know, in, in regards to the question of guys wanting to, you know, be moved from team to team, I think it's pretty standard every year. You see players wanting to request deals and, you know, for a variety of different reasons and wanting a new a change of scenery for more opportunity or, you know, for a chance to win. There's there's no scenarios every year. And, you know, in regards to guys quitting, I mean, it, uh, you know, there's just a lot um, – there's a lot more for guys to, to do now. I guess I said players are focused on their educations. Players want to, you know, some players want to start working or have life experiences a little bit older and have been, have been playing hockey for a long time. And I think with hockey now being a 12 month of the year sport, where if you truly want to truly want to make it and make an honest swing at trying to make it to the next level, like you got to commit yourself for 12 months. And that starts, that starts pretty young now. So some guys maybe just get a little bit burnt out a little bit earlier than, uh, than they would have in the past so um you know it's something we see you know every every year i think there's always probably every team has a guy that uh, you know maybe wants to to start doing something a little bit different in life and uh you know sometimes it comes as a surprise sometimes it doesn't to the organization so something <laughs> something that your phone's always on and uh you hope when you see a ring sometimes that's not gonna that's not what the conversation is but at the same time if a kid decides that's what they want to do and and that's what's going to be good for them mentally. It's uh, you, as an organization, you have to support them in that too. Uh, Jake Neighbors is he still eligible to play for Canada in the World Juniors? Yes. Is there a possibility that uh, you could end up having three players on that team? Neighbors, Gunther, as well as Sebastian Kosa. Yeah, you know that's kind of you know, when we look at it again the lineup. Uh, you know, we're probably anticipating to potentially have three there, and uh, I would uh, maybe say a fourth too with Demick with Team Slovakia. Okay, well, uh, we'll we'll touch base down the road on how many guys you might not have at uh, training camp because they might be off to NHL camps at some point. But uh, Kurt, thanks again for your time. Yeah, thanks, Bob. Thanks for having me. You bet. That's Kurt Hill, the general manager of the Edmonton Oil Kings. They're going to have a heck of a team uh, next season. They were really good last year. They went 22-1. and There's an old saying in the car business, cars cost less than Wetaskiwin. Brent Ridge Ford in Wetaskiwin, committed to providing unequaled automotive excellence, resulting in completely satisfied lifetime customers. If you currently have a vehicle that you're not using enough, payments or interest rates that are too high, a vehicle you may want to sell, refinance, or trade in, or go for something completely different, go visit Uncle Milt, Rich, Johnny, and the gang. Brent Ridgeford, give him a call, 1-877-477-3673, or visit brentridge.com. Well, hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. 
head off to a quick timeout. Come back with this day in Oilers history. Bang off a couple more texts. You're listening to Oilers Now. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 150 in Edmonton. Tonight on Inside Sports, Dave Campbell will be guest hosting for the mega-talented Reed Wilkins. A couple of his guests, speaking of mega-talented, Blake Dermott, a guy who you all know played 15 years in the Canadian Football League for the uh, EE football team. Did you know that he also suited up on Claire Drake's defense with the Alberta Golden Bears when he was playing on the uh, defensive line with the Golden Bears football program? with uh, Jim Donlevy. I saw Jim's... Uh, uh, Jim, of course, passed away a couple of years ago. Coach Drake passed away as well a couple of years ago, but I saw Jim's son uh, the, about five or six months ago, the uh, Safeway by my house. But Blake Dermott will be on tonight's show uh, with Dave Campbell. He's part of the Eskimo broadcast. Uh, check that, the Elk broadcast team. And uh, Julio Caravetta, a longtime uh, BC Lions uh, radio analyst, real good guy, will be on with uh, Dave as well. Oh, I knew that was going to happen, and it'll happen again. Uh, hey, Bob, this text comes in from Peter and Wainwright, who's a huge soccer fan, but he says, you know, you forgot about Connor Timmons like three days in a row, yet you know the stupidest stats from the 80s and the 90s. Yep. You're right. I do know the stupidest stats from the 80s and the 90s. And basically, uh, <laughs> thanks for the text, John. Uh, I can go into the 70s, too, for stupid stats as well, if you really want to get into it. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Just a question, Bob, on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. Have you read any of the winners of losers of free agency out of the Toronto media this year? Uh, I, I can't say that uh, that was first and foremost on uh, my to-do list over the weekend. So, no. Into this day in Oilers history for New West Travel Experience. Great holiday to Vancouver in a private jet. Three nights hotel, $699. Details at newwesttravel.com. It was a big one. It was about a day after... The Edmonton Oilers had acquired a guy by the name of Chris Pronger. This happened. Here's Brendan Escott. The uh, Oilers acquiring Mike Pekka from the New York Islanders in exchange for Mike York and a conditional pick in the 2006 draft, which turned into Kevin Montgomery. Pekka playing just one season here in Edmonton, helping them reach the cup final in 05-06 with 11 points in the playoffs that year. So, of course, we had the lockout in 04-05, and then things got put in place with a hard cap for the 05-06 season and the Oilers had a presser uh, in the basement of the old building uh, the city's northwest side and there might have been a, a slightly thinner broadcaster at that time uh, say asking Kevin Lowe hey Kevin uh, so you've added a, an Olympian um, on a team that's challenged to become cap compliant is there another opportunity to do so possibly with a forward out of the Trice, uh, the Tri-State area. Oh man, that was uh, I got a good chuckle. And sure enough, Mike Pekka was acquired within the next 24 hours. He was decent for Edmonton that year. Decent. Um, elected not to stay with the Edmonton Oilers. In fact, Mike Pekka today 
was announced for a job with the Buffalo Sabres organization. I don't know, something in development. This day in Oilers history brought to you by New S Travel Experience. Great holiday to Vancouver. Private WestJet with three nights hotel for $699. Details at uh, newestravel.com. Brendan Escott is... Uh, going to continue updating the Megan uh, Rapino uh, uh, fan site, so we'll have him uh, get involved in that. We will rejoin you uh, tomorrow, live from the Battle of Alberta Golf Tournament in Red Deer. Uh, we will have our, a couple of our regulars on tomorrow's show. Brian Lawton from the NHL Network for his last hit of this season, along with NHL insider John Shannon for Legacy Heating and Cooling. I mentioned again Dave Campbell tonight on Inside Sports with Blake Dermott and Julio Caravetta as special guests. Up next, a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell, followed by Angela Coquat from 2 to 3, and then 6.30 Chad Afternoons with Jay Lynn Nye. Have a terrific Tuesday, everybody. Back at you tomorrow from Red Deer. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.